Hey, 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 Closet Busters, come on and gather around. It's time once again to kick down those closet doors of life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, Bold Move Expert and Coming Out Coach, and I'm going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloseted. So come on, grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step in to living your truth as we explore more stories, tips, and tricks for living your life uncloseted. Now let's get to the show. Hey, hey, Life Uncloseted fans and followers, it is time once again for Life Uncloseted. And you know, sometimes we've got to look at the things that we take most for granted. It could be food, it could be love, it could even be our homes. And when I started thinking about this particular episode, I had to think about all the different homes I have rented and bought from the time that I was married to my ex-wife to the time that I met my husband and the time that my husband and I got married and we bought our first home together. And I have to say, I honestly feel privileged because I never really had to put who I was in the closet. Now, I hand a lot of that to having a really good realtor who did the best she could, and she's amazing, but she was also very open-minded, and she realized that to be the best realtor she could be, she had to uncloset her own thinking and make the bold moves to just see every customer as a customer, regardless of their race, their age, their cultural backgrounds, and their sexuality. And when I came across today's guest, I thought this is truly a story about uncloseting and taking care of people and making bold moves to create something that benefits the world as a whole. And I have to tell you that Jeff Hammerberg has done an amazing job. He's created a business that's very focused on uncloseting, uncloseting the world to the LGBTQ community and serving that community as a realtor. And we're going to dive in today and really explore what it looks like when the simplest, most precious thing that most of us want is a safe home and a safe space to live in can become the thing that can be not denied to you simply because of who you love or the gender that you are. And with that, I'm going to welcome Jeff Hammerberg. He is the guy to help LGBTQ people with their real estate needs. And this is his story on Life Uncloseted. So welcome to the show, Jeff. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Rick. I'm so happy to be here today. I'm excited to have you here too. And and before we went on the air today, Jeff and I were kind of chit-chatting. He's now living in Palm Springs area. I used to live close to that. And Palm Springs is really kind of a booming real estate place because you get so many different people. You got people coming in that are retired. You have some people that are starting families. You have a lot of people that do vacation home. So my guess, Jeff, would be is even with what you do with your your brand, I'm going to let you talk about the brand, um, you come across a lot of different buyers in the market, correct? And sellers. Yeah, we do. You know, my company's a little different. Although I'm a licensed broker, I'm not out there selling homes every day. But the 1,500 plus agents on gayrealestate.com are. Right. So we have, uh, we cap our agents out at, at about 15 agents per city, just so that people don't get confused having to look through 50 or yep. 100 agents. 
you know, our service, although, you know, we close about a deal a day nationwide. Last year, we closed about 18 deals here in Palm Springs. Mm. But Palm Springs isn't your typical market where someone right. really needs to, you know, try to find a LGBTQ realtor or gay or gay friendly realtor. You know, you've been in Palm Springs, you understand, you know, 40 plus percent of the community is LGBTQ. The mayor's gay, the entire city council's gay. So there are lots of gay realtors that advertise here that are available. So there's plenty of representation here. It's when you get to places like Duluth, Minnesota, or, you know, some of those smaller cities where, you know, they're just... We have contacts and we have realtors in most cities, but in some of those smaller cities, those realtors don't even want to be on our website because it would out them in those smaller communities. So let's kind of roll back in time. What was the impetus for you? I know there's a story behind how this all came into being, but there was like an incident that happened in an office that you were in your real estate life that you witnessed something and this is kind of when the light bulb went off that something needed to get created to help the LGBT community as they pursue home ownership and renting and all that stuff. So why don't you share a little bit of that story with the listeners? Well, thanks, Rick. I appreciate that. So back in 1991, I was working as a realtor at one of the very first Remax offices in the country. So that dates me a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, on this particular, well, what people don't realize is when you walk into a real estate office, there's a real estate agent that has been assigned floor duty. So realtors can choose to take this or not. What happens is when someone walks into the office or if someone calls into the office, that walk-in traffic or that phone call will go to this agent that is on floor duty. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is the really great agents, they don't take floor duty because they're marketing consistently. They're out with clients. You know, they're hustling for business. So, I'm, you know, you never know the quality of agent you're going to get. Anyway, on this particular day, this gay male couple walked into the office and they were assigned or put together with the floor agent. Mm -hmm. So the floor agent took this couple into the back room, into our conference room, which is a solid glass conference room and met with this couple to really discuss what their needs were and, uh, you know, kind of pre-qualify them and get them set up to, uh, to go out and look at some homes. But what's interesting, and I mentioned that the conference room was solid glass, is that the agent's offices were all around the perimeter of this glass conference room and agents walking up and down the hall just going about their business. So when when the floor agent took this couple out and said goodbye and they left, he came back into the back room and there was lots of ribbing going on. There was lots of, hey, hey, you know, this ought to be fun. And, oh, you know, I won't mention this guy's name, but there was lots of, you know, just like what I called back then quiet homophobia. And I felt like that was, you know, pretty rampant in the industry. It's gotten a little better. But I just thought to myself, you know, something is not right about this system. So as I mentioned, this was in the early 90s. Right, totally different decades. Totally, and totally different time. And, culture and everything. Yeah, and you know, Littleton, Colorado, even today is fairly conservative. Right. But what I did was I thought, you know, I'll put together a database, if I can, of 
gay, lesbian, and gay-friendly realtors. Mm -hmm. So at that time, I started to gather names through whatever sources I could. This is kind of before the World Wide Web was available. I had a Mac, you know, the old Mac with the dial-up modem. All the type was green. So there were some chat rooms, that sort of thing. The other thing I did was I placed a classified ad in the Advocate magazine to let people know that this service was available. So the first year or two closed a few deals. Um, when the web finally came around in kind of the mid-90s, uh, we developed a site which was called Home Lounge because mm-hmm. at that point you really didn't want anything with the word gay in the name right. uh, for really for the safety and security and comfort of our clients as well as, you know, attacks on us personally. Yep. So uh, it started with Home Lounge. That has... Uh, been developed and redeveloped and grown over the years. Today, that's GayRealEstate.com and GayRealEstateAgents.com, LesbianRealEstate.com. So we have a few sites now sure. that drive traffic. We close a deal a day. We have about 1,500 to 1,800 agents online. And like I mentioned before, we have many in the back end. Mm-hmm. So as you began to develop this, not only was it, oh, you saw a need, but I'm quite sure you also started to hear horror stories and challenges that LGBTQ, and even at that time, I mean, the T, the T right. wasn't really even being discussed. The B right. was kind of an anomaly, and you and I are both old enough to remember that the Q was more offensive than it is today. To be called queer was something completely different back then than it is right. today, so... But I'm sure the horror stories that you started to hear from not only realtors having to hide in the closet, but clients who come in and go, okay, how do we do this? There must have been just horror story after horror story after horror story. And even today, I'm sure there is too. But You know, here's the thing. We've come a long ways, right? I mean, you and I both know that. But the fact is, in 28 states in the United States of America, you can still be denied housing for being a gay person. 28 states. Now, many of those states have larger cities that have enacted enacted ordinances to help protect the LGBTQ community. But it shows you really how far we've come, but how far we have to go. Right. And there we haven't are, even brought up the T. The T is right. a whole different ballgame. Right. And there are still no protections. You can be denied a mortgage in any state in the country for being gay. So there are no protections at all. You know, one of the things that happened to my partner and I, we were in San Diego and we went to look at these uh, new townhomes uh, down by the bay, just yeah. spectacular. And we walked in, and at the time, I introduced this is my partner, uh, and the the agent was like, "Oh, you guys are in business together," and you know, That's so typical. there's you know that it you know gayrealestate.com is about working with the community to educate them on you know where we're at and where we need to go as well as take those uncomfortable conversations out of the equation. You know, if someone, you know, uses an agent at our site, they don't have to explain their partner. They don't have to explain, you know, a lot of what their needs are or, you know, that sort of thing that are unique and particular to our community. 
Now, I'm going to play a little bit of a devil's advocate because I always get to do this in many different ways. I know some in our community would go, well, that's great, but how are we ever going to normalize everything if we keep these little pockets of, okay, go to gayrealestate.com, go to gaycarbine.com. What do you say to people about that sort of stuff? And have you ever encountered in our own community people that say that sort of stuff? Well, sure. And we've had, you know, we've had people make comments on, you know, on our blogs or on Twitter or, you know, on our website that, you know, this is, this is steering. This is, you know, the reverse of homophobia. I mean, just on and on things like that. And, you know, so... (laughs) The answer to that is that of the hundred LGBTQ people that are going to buy or sell a home in the next week, you know, we're going to help, you know, five of them or seven of them, 93 people in the LGBTQ community are still going to find their realtor the traditional way. They're going to find someone at at an open house. They're going to get a referral from a, a family member or friend, you know, that sort of thing. We're not suggesting that everyone should use our service, but here's a point, and this is really important to me. If you're going to work with someone on possibly the largest investment of your lifetime, for me personally, I want to know that that $10,000 or $20,000 commission that agent is going to earn I want to make sure that their 10% that they're going to give out into the community isn't going to Donald Trump's legal defense team, isn't going to support focus on the family in Colorado Springs. You know, I, you know, I really do think it's important that we know who we're working with and where we're spending our money. Gayrealestate.com has 20 LGBTQ organizations that we support financially Monthly, the Human Rights Campaign, Matthew Shepard Foundation, Lambda Legal, PFLAG, and the list goes on. Additionally, we do lots of stuff locally in markets and uh, support gay chambers of commerce and things like that. So our goal is to consistently work and fight to ensure that we have equal rights. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I always... I always combat some of those conversations, you know, when, you know, Target's been in hot water or Chick-fil-A and, you know, you kind of depend, it depends on which one, you know, Chick-fil-A, I still won't eat there, but right. it becomes one of those things where it's like, okay, let's look at the battle. Where does it make the most sense to do the battle? And right. let's not forget that every little bit of the battle helps us get further ahead. It That's doesn't, right. it doesn't mean just because gayrealestate.com exists that you should go use that. But I know doing the work that I've done, helping people come out of the closet late in life, that most of my clients are not on the coast. They're all in middle America. Right. Because it's not comfortable and safe to go try to find a therapist or a coach to talk about this stuff. And so when we look at these service industries like you and I are in, it's about providing a service that helps that person who they may not have any other place to turn where they're going to get the best experience for the thing they're about to do, whether it's coming out of the closet or buying the home or buying the car. It's always uncomfortable. 
every time, and my husband and I have been together now 17 years, but we've never bought a car together, but he always goes shopping with me when I won't go to buy one. I always go shopping with him when he goes to buy one. Right. And it's the same discomfort. It's like, okay, it's a very male dominated environment. I know there's female salespeople too, but it can be very uncomfortable depending on where you're going. And I feel like, yes, there are these buckets and silos we put businesses like yours into that are like, okay, here's what we specialize in, but that's what you specialize in. Right. Doesn't mean let's screw everybody else because there's too much business out there. There's too many homes to be sold, too many homes to be bought, all this other stuff. But each little bit that we do puts the movement forward more. And I think this is where the power of what you brought to you know fruition, Jeff, is just another it's another building block to saying we are here and not so much that we're queer, but we are right. and we're not going away. This That's right. This isn't going to get resolved by saying, no, 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 no. I don't care how many. And it's so interesting because I was just on a call with a, a fellow speaker friend of mine and we were talking about diversity and inclusion stuff. Right. And I thought if we didn't have to have these conversations, how much more advanced could companies become, you know, how much more effort and time and money could be spent in developing, you know, new products or advancing technology or improving healthcare or whatever, if we didn't have to keep covering our asses with these diversity and inclusion trainings and talks and everything. Right. I know we're far from that. And I've always maintained in my own business, the happiest day of my life will be the day that I never have to coach somebody out of the closet again. It's just like, it doesn't have to even exist. Yeah. That would be the happiest day. So as you continue to develop this, what are some of the biggest challenge you feel that LGBTQ, gay, lesbian, bi, I don't think bisexual is so much of a big thing, but I know the LG and the T definitely encounter when they, I mean, you've already brought up, you know, that the discrimination in mortgages, that you can be denied housing, but what are some of the things that you've heard people say, oh my God, I can't believe this actually happened when I tried to go do this? Well, I know, you know, what's interesting, as I mentioned before, is the fact that even though I'm a real estate broker, yeah. right, and I'm a licensed broker still, and I have been since 1991, and I was in the commercial business for uh, 12 years before that, yep. I'm not out there working with the clients. Mm-hmm. So any of those stories can be told by our real estate agents, but you know, if you go to gayrealestate.com on the main page, there's uh, compliments from the clients, you know, mm-hmm. that I read all the time. Yeah, I was reading so, some of those too. You know, when someone buys a home from us, they get a survey. I mean, that we follow them through the entire process. And they can tell you that, you know, it just took awkwardness out of the equation. You know, mm-hmm. it made us feel comfortable. We have, you know, we not only had a great real estate agent, we now have a new best friend. A lot of our, a lot of our clients, frankly, are people that are moving around the country or moving to a new city or state where they may not know anyone. They don't have a friend there. They don't have any family there and that sort of stuff. And I know you, you know, you had mentioned the awkwardness even of like buying a car and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And here we are, you and I, we're in California right. talking about that uncomfortableness. You know, imagine it in Indianapolis and Kansas City mm-hmm. and, you know, places like that. Uh, you know, it's a it's a real challenge and there are challenges and we're just here to, you know, bring some comfort and some peace around this home buying and selling process. 
And in the back end, like I said, we're continuing to fight to ensure that services like ours aren't needed someday. Is that going to happen in my lifetime? I hope so. Right, right. Well, I also feel like, and having just gone through, so, you know, for those who've listened to the podcast, you know that my husband and I moved a year ago. So we went through this whole process. We went through the selling and the buying. And it was a, it was smooth, so to speak. Uh, not because of being gay, there wasn't anything that came up around that. Okay. But what I've seen happen, and it's often crossed my mind again because of the work that I do. Uh, so if, if a buyer finds out that you're a gay couple and there's several offers on the table, you never really are going to find out if the reason your offer didn't get accepted was simply because you were gay or sure. lesbian. Right. You know, so these are these weird little nuances that I don't know that people realize you kind of got to think about this. The nuance of, um, you know, I'm reading one of the testimonials on your website right now about somebody who was like moving across country. It's like, okay, if you're coming from, I don't care, you know, Kentucky or Florida or New York and you're moving to Utah or California or Oregon, how do you know the best places that you would feel comfortable in a new city? Sure. You know, that's one of the biggies to me. Now, I happen to have moved to a place where I knew it's pretty much a liberal little town in the central coast of California. Right. I had visited it numerous times. I've never felt uncomfortable. There is an LGBTQ, you know, center here. There's a, a somewhat of a gay community here. So I feel comfortable here. But had I not visited here, I wouldn't know what questions to ask. And so you need to put yourself in the shoes of here you are. And I'm not saying straight realtors can't help because I have a a straight female realtor and she's been my realtor for 20 some odd years now. And she's all, I mean, she went through the coming out process with me. She found my first place after my ex-wife and I separated. Yeah, Beautiful. And she, even as we were looking, she said, you know, because I was in Southern California at the time. I don't think anybody in this, on the podcast ever heard this story. and. we were in Orange County, one of the most conservative counties in California, very much a Republican base. And at the time, I didn't, I was just coming out. I didn't know, I wasn't really involved in politics, all this sort of stuff. And as we started talking about where I wanted to live, she said, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but she goes, I think a good fit for you would be Laguna Beach. I'm like, well, of course, Laguna Beach would be great. I love Laguna Beach. It's beautiful, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> right. And I said, but I can't afford it. And she goes, you know, Rick, let me do some work. And the most amazing thing that she came back with was, Rick, I found this little tiny studio apartment. It's no bedroom for your girl, but they're young. And she goes, I think for the temporary fix, this would be really good for you. And Rick, it's right across from the gay beach. And in that moment, I thought, this is my realtor who I've trusted for three or four transactions prior to this right? who stood right hand in hand with me through this life changing moment and came to the table by saying, Hey Rick, and it's by the gay beach. And she actually said, not that that's the most primary concern, but she goes, you know, Laguna is a very gay friendly city. And I said, yes, I do. And it was that little bit of extra knowledge. And of course the place was perfect. (laughs) You know, it was, it was in my budget and yes, it was a challenge because I, I went through, you know, literally folding up cots every time I had my little girls and they slept in the living room when I had them and all this sort of stuff. But it was her understanding and willingness to stand with me. And even as we bought this last house, 
she had already moved out of Orange County and we didn't know this. She was actually living up here on the central coast herself. And she drove hours because she's like, I love you guys. I care about you guys. You've been my clients. I'm going to do this. And to me, this is why, like what you have here, Jeff, is about helping people have that comfort, that understanding, that those insights to things that you may not know if you're going into that brand new area, whether it's across, you know, simply across Palm Springs or LA or wherever, or if you're going from state to state, this is why I think what you put together is such a beautiful thing. Yeah, well, thanks very much. And I'm so glad that you've had that experience and that agent. And as you and I both know, I mean, the country is, you know, seems divided over yeah. LGBTQ issues still. I mean, it's kind of a coin toss where people yeah. are going to land. But even my Republican friends, my Republican friends primarily all support the LGBTQ community, all stand in support of equal mm -hmm. rights, all would be shocked to find out that we could be kicked out of a house for being mm -hmm. gay in 28 states, that yep. sort of thing. So there are many amazing realtors out there, many compassionate, kind, caring professionals ready to serve the needs of you. I mean, we take the uncertainness out mm -hmm. of that by going to gayrealestate.com, which is great. You don't have to use one of our agents, but if you want to find an agent in the community that you know is LGBTQ, yep. contact them and have a conversation and then do your homework and work with someone that you know and you trust. In your situation, that's a great story. I love it. And, you know, honestly, before I was uh, a licensed real estate agent, I worked with a straight realtor as well. So, you know, I mean, and he knew my situation. He knew yep. where I was at. And, you know, so, yeah. Well, it's so interesting because I'm glad you brought up the whole San Diego thing because um, I was in Orange County area, moved there in 1989, I think, 1989, 1990, somewhere along that range. And um, it was so interesting to go through the real estate process. First, we rented a place and then we decided we could buy a place and went through that with this particular agent. Okay. And even then, I didn't really get how conservative it was in Orange County. But I visited San Diego several times. And I thought, oh, this is a really cool vibe. It was such a different space than Orange County. Right. And then to hear you talk about what you did and then having my husband and I, when we decided to move to San Luis Obispo, we had been looking at San Diego. That was where we knew we were going. We were San Diego bound. Right. And I have to say, it was really interesting to go through open houses and stuff in San Diego because it was pretty open and accepting. And maybe right. I just got really lucky, but I know there's conservative places in San Diego County as well that. Sure. I mean, it's, Never, it's a military city. So right, exactly. Um, so there's always these interesting things that people have to think through. Right. And this is part of the reason I wanted Jeff to come on and talk, because it is not only about, first, the bold move that you made to like establish this business. I think that's a huge, big, bold move. Second, it's about uncloseting things where people don't have to feel uncomfortable. And I know that many of us in the LGBTQ community, we kind of, we get the thing we always have to think about. But the simple things like selling a house, it always comes up in my mind. Right. Do I keep pictures out of me and my husband? Do I <laughs> exactly. not? Right. Do I have anything that's going to like, you know, 
tip somebody off that we're a gay couple because I want to sell this house. That's right. When we go to buy a house, you know, is it going to be awkward? You know, which most of the time you don't have that awkwardness if you're with your own realtor, but if you go into an open house, it kind of becomes that awkward conversation stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, to your point, then you get to the mortgage thing and all that sort of stuff. And even through this last transaction, because my husband worked for the county, there were things that we had to do to make sure that it was showing that I was a self-employed person. Okay. He was an employed person. And so we had to make sure that our marriage certificates and all this stuff, you know, it was all these things that just convoluted, right? It's very very convoluted right? that I hate to say it. Heterosexuals don't have to deal with so much. It's yeah, just, you're right. I it's mean, ridiculous. yeah, there are there are certain things, obstacles that we have to know and be prepared for, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, some of that, you know, working with an LGBTQ agent is or working with a straight agent could just be legal ignorance, right. you know, just mm-hmm. totally un- not just unaware well, other, of. Here's another thing <clears throat> that I didn't. I never I didn't have a problem with it, but it was I, I guess because my husband was working. And because I can work whenever I want and all this sort of stuff because of the kind of business I'm in, I actually made the trips up here to do the initial home inspection. Then I was making the trip to do the final. And then he ended up deciding to come up with me, but I'd already got up here and then he drove up. But it's those little things like, okay, so if we both show up for the home inspection, what's the inspector going to be like? Right. How are they going to react? Right. You know, when the cable guy comes to hook up this stuff, this is all this stuff that again, right. I, I hope, and I do have straight listeners that listen to this because of the way the podcast is sure. at this point, but I would love everybody to take a little bit of inventory and say, when was the last time you had to worry about the cable person coming and hooking up something in your home? The gas people, right. uh, electrician, a repair person, a realtor, uh, a home inspector, right. the carpet cleaning people. Right. You don't realize all these things that you take for granted as a heterosexual person that an LGBTQ person constantly has to be thinking in the back of their minds. Sure. That very first gay male couple that were taken out. Now that agent was competent. I knew him. He was, I'd call him a friend of mine, but I'm not sure that he had ever met a gay person in his entire life, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and with all the ribbing and stuff in the back room, he put them in their car, eventually sold them a home. But I'm when I, I just kept thinking, you know, I wonder if he spent as much time with them as he Mm -hmm. would have with a straight couple. I wonder if he showed them every home that was available. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I I wonder if he showed them homes in his neighborhood, you know, all of this crazy sort of stuff. Now, yeah, this is back in 91, but those are all the questions that that we have some even today. Oh yes. Even today. I mean, there's there's just too many States that you can still not get a home. You can be thrown out, you can't get mortgages, all this sort of stuff. And Especially given this current political climate, I mean, I think all of us in the LGBTQ, I don't want to say we're walking on eggshells, so to speak, but we're definitely awake. We're, yeah, and, you know, I we're mean, we're feeling dismissed by the current administration. Right, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous what's happening, and, you know, I, I don't know whether I'm, I'm probably more mad at all of the you know, people that are lining up and keeping their mouths shut behind mm-hmm. our leader. Yep. than I am at the leader himself. Right. Exactly. You know, so where do you go with that? And it's these little things that, again, I felt 
this was why this conversation was important. Yes, it's always about a bold move. It's always about that living the life uncloseted. But if we don't continue to live our life uncloseted and we don't continue to be bold, even as we go to buy homes and, and get real estate and everything and, and be more open. And I realize for those of you who are listening who are in some spaces in our country or the world where it's not safe, this is not Rick saying, go out and be who you have to be, screw everybody else. No, go be who you need to be in the safest way possible for yourself while helping all of us normalize we're just humans. We're right. just humans loving people, doing life. In fact, John Pavlovitz, who's a, a Christian pastor, who his, is, his blog is Things That Need to Be Said, and he's very much an advocate for the LGBTQ community, straight guy, amazing man. I don't have it right here in front of me, but he had posted on Instagram a couple of days ago, quit beating up the LGBTQ community. They're just trying to live their life. They're just trying to love people they love. They're just trying to raise families. They're just trying to go to work and make a living. They're just trying to be a part of humanity. Leave them alone. And yeah, I I'm pretty sure I saw that as well. Yeah. What an amazing message. Yeah, he's he's right. amazing. And I, I hope by these kind of conversations, we can make it as simple as we're just trying to find a home to live in, in a neighborhood that we love where our kids, if we choose to have children, whether they come from biological relationships right. in the past or you adopt or you surrogate, we're just trying to do life. And a right. part of that life is transacting real estate because yeah, and, it's all about and, a happy home. Right. And we're great neighbors, right? Exactly. <laughs> we're great and if neighbors. You, and if you need help decorating, you got your, you know, your HGTV staff <laughs> right there with you. Exactly. <clears throat> Yeah, but, and that's very stereotypical, and I hate to say stuff like that because I know lots of my gay brothers and sisters who do not have that interior design gene, and that's <laughs> totally cool too. But um, yeah, exactly. you know, it's always interesting to me, especially having been you know kind of from the Palm Springs area, to see this preponderance of you know a very concentrated LGBTQ community. Right. But then you get out of that Palm Springs central area, and you start to get into some of the La Quintas and some of those areas. And you're right back to very conservative. You're absolutely right. You and know, then I, people go, well, then why don't all the LGBTQ people just stay in their little bubbles? That's right. exactly <laughs> what you want us to do because then you don't have to deal with it. And unfortunately, folks, we're everywhere. <laughs> you we're know, everywhere. We're going to be everywhere for all of time. We've been everywhere. Maybe before where we are today in time, we weren't as present, but we're always going to be here. And we're sure. always going to need this housing stuff. So. I mean, I've spent the last 37 years in Denver. My husband and I have been together the last 16 years. And we love Denver, Colorado. Denver and Seattle have kind of been head-to-head -head over the last uh, half a dozen years as the number one real estate markets in the country. So mm -hmm. Denver has just went crazy. Yep. And so it was partly because I turned 60 in September and I'm looking for a warmer climate. I started in Northern Minnesota, went to Colorado, and now I'm in the desert, which right. I love. But it was also part that like the millennials drove us out. And we say mm -hmm. that jokingly because right. Denver is just this fabulous city but Palm Springs is just more manageable for us yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah so. Well, Jeff, I just, I'm so glad we got connected and I'm so glad you're bringing something to the world that does have impact. That is a bold move, continues to be a bold move and, and helping not only, I don't want to say just helping the LGBTQ community. It's actually helping the world to realize 
it's just a part of life. We are just part of the human race and we have needs just like anybody else. And that's when I see businesses like yours that I feel very prideful in. Anything that helps normalize the conversation is exactly where each and every one of us should be putting our efforts in this day and age. So, Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Rick. And thanks for all you're doing with your speaking and coaching and books and these podcasts, because uh, you're, you're touching lives and it's really what matters, right? It open is. hearts, it really is open minds and mm-hmm. come together. And open houses for that matter. So there and you go. open houses. <laughs> you got that Exactly. Right. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for taking time out of your day, man, to be here and share. And we will have all the links to gayrealestate.com and links to some of the stories about what they do and how they do it. And um, if you need a home and you're not sure you're ready to go battle the normal real estate life, without a gay realtor in your back pocket, then you just might want to go visit gayrealtors.com. So thanks again, Jeff, for being here, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Rick. Appreciate your time. All right, there you have it. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, but that's okay. We're going to be back in just a couple of days sharing more stories, tips, tricks, and wisdom for helping you live your life uncloseted. And you know what? You can share it too. Just take a few moments if you like and if you believe in this podcast and share it with someone you know today. Share it from your phone, go share it on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you are. Maybe even give us a radiant review because you know what? It's all about the planet living their life uncloseted. I'm Rick Clemens, host of the show and the guy who helps you make those big, bold moves. And I hope you never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted. Catch you real soon. Take care, everyone.